Mondays. It's Great Mondays Radio. I'm Josh Levine, your host, founder of Great Mondays. We help executives from hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations build cultures that attract, engage, and retain top talent. If you'd like to be a guest on our program, hang out for about 20 minutes and I'll tell you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Great Mondays Radio. What if I told you that you you could actually predict who was going to burn out inside your organization? Well, the person that we that I have today on uh, Great Mondays Radio is here to tell you that she is working on exactly that thing. Liv, Liz Pavese, um, Senior Business Psychologist at Workday. Uh, is is here. Thank you, Liz, for coming on. I'm really excited to talk to you about burnout and maybe even preventing it a little bit. Yeah, I'm so excited to to be here with you, Josh, and thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So, um, so you are currently at Workday. Uh, you're the senior business psychologist at Workday, um, working on this kind of thing, the employee voice voice program, measuring sentiment. Um, how, was this something that you'd always imagine as a little girl that you wanted to be doing? <laughs> How did you get here? <laughs> I don't I don't think anyone has an idea when they're a little girl of what an organizational psychologist even is. <laughs> I certainly right. Didn't. So um no, I wanted to be a chef actually. Um, oh. but I found my way, you know, as many people do in college, really falling in love with human psychology. We're all people, we all have an experience. And understanding that becomes very fascinating. And so when I um, took my first intro to organizational psychology as an elective, I said, wow, like this is the kind of space I would really love to, for my love of psychology to really be a practitioner in. Um, The clinical side was not quite for me, not a common story by many organizational psychologists. But when you think about a place where, you know, we spend nearly 70-ish, that made me, and that's maybe generous, generous. 70% right. of our time at work or with work or thinking about work. Yep. Yep. There's a whole experience around that. And what, what an amazing opportunity to potentially make an impact and drive some change and really create places where people can thrive, which ultimately helps our organizations thrive. Oh my gosh, totally. You're speaking to it. I, I, I started as a brand guy and actually ended up had that same realization. I was like, I want to help people be people be happier, and I want to do it at work. So that's how I find found myself there. Um, also a psychology geek, so I think that's probably why we found our way to each other. Um, so you're currently at Workday, and what you're focused on? Tell us a little bit about um, the ways and how you think about and measuring and um, engagement, employee voice, and sentiment because it's a big topic. I think a lot of leaders. And people managers are trying to wrap their brains around. Yeah, it really is. It's a big topic. And I think once we started to use the term employee experience, it kind of sped up a little bit, right? Or it got even bigger. Um, and so I, I've I've been in and around the employee kind of survey space uh, for a large part of my career. Um, I did it before there was even technology really available, and it was much more professional management services oriented. Yep. And you know, employee sentiment data—it's it, very uncommon now that you have to really convince an executive team that employee engagement matters. 
20 years ago, that very much was still the case. Yeah. Why do we need to invest in this? Um, the evidence is there. The evidence of why it's important, how it relates to other um, business KPIs is there. The impact that employee engagement has on health and well-being is there, that evidence. And so, you know, with many of the organizations I've worked with as a consultant, as well as in, we have there's been a, a huge shift in the, the tools and the technology at our fingertips that allow us to get much more regular in, insights around employee sentiment and bring that into you know, the way that we're making business decisions um, and helping leaders have that data just as regularly as they're looking at operational data, financial data, all the other important information to manage their teams the people are right there. And so you need that data as well to give you the, the what's working and what's not working around that other, those other data points. Yeah. That does feel like what we're, where we're at. We, we have uh, thankfully crest that um, hill to convincing people that this is important, but now they're like, okay. And maybe even I have been measuring, mm -hmm. but we're trying to now I got to like, do something with it. I'm looking at it. I'm like, uh-oh, trend lines down. What do I do? Yeah. I, I, that seems to be where, that's what I see in mm -hmm. the market. It's kind of the evolution of it. And, you know, honestly, it's been a fairly quick cycle and maybe the pandemic even accelerated that of like, oh, people are really getting unhappy and burnt out. Mm -hmm. and And even if you couldn't do anything about it, it was like in, in your face. I, th I feel like. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic definitely, it, it put a big spotlight, right. On, on, it, it showed the cracks that were there. Yes, right. Yes, and, yes. and showed maybe how, how much bigger the cracks were than we may have thought that they were. Um, and I think that's a good thing, right. I think that it, it brings awareness, right. Like in order to start that, that behavior change, which, you know, or organizational change, you have to have an awareness. Right. Um, and so, with that, I think it has really propelled that movement of like, oh no, we do need to understand this more often. We need to um, change what we're asking about more often. We need to um, be more agile in how we're understanding what's happening um, and not, let's not pretend that, you know, it's kind of, I equate it to like how product development happens, right? Or yes. project management, that like waterfall approach versus an agile approach. We need to be much more agile. We're in constant change, right? That cliche yeah. it is the only constant. It's so yeah. true. And so yeah. if that is the only constant, we have to have regular data points to help us track just because you have data coming in regularly. And that's true for any other data that you're looking at as a leader. You're not necessarily taking a big sweeping action every time you see a number tick up or tick down. It's information to tell you how are we trending and now over maybe a month of gathering that trend, I can take a pause to say, okay, what has fundamentally changed? What has not? What mm. is working? What is not working? And now what new action or new thing do we want to take on that can help based on that trend now that, that we now have over that month of time? I think that to me is where the rubber hits the road, which is, okay, we have a lot of data. What changed during that time? How do you, I mean, do you map that? Like, how are you doing? I know that you, your 
what did you say? Drinking your own champagne. You're applying this <laughs> at work day. So, I mean, there's so many things that happen in business, mm-hmm. right? It's the ultimate complexity, you know, complex game. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, <clears throat> John didn't come in for lunch or, you know, it's like, wh- wh- how do you, do you map it? And, and if so, how, how do you determine what's, what has changed and how mm-hmm. do you attribute that causality? Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly like if you're controlling for certain variables, right, you can attribute certain changes to um, certain events. Um, But what we tend to see in employee um, sentiment data, and this is true throughout my entire career, um, there, there are few kind of things that really make a huge difference where we'll see major swings in employee sentiment data. It, it varies and it will, you know, waver, um, but it tends to normalize over time. Um, Where you tend to see bigger swings is major events like for, like, for example, a pandemic, and you have to make huge changes in your, in your working models. Mm -hmm. Um, M&As tend to be a place where you see large swings because you're bringing together large groups of new people, new cultures. You do a lot of culture work, right? So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you probably see that a lot um, where you, you have different things happening, different norms, different values. And so you might see a dip or a spike in something more dramatically. Um, But those, those are not happening all the time. And so it's not, I think, important to really focus on how are we isolating that little tick up change so much as um, it's, it's not as important to isolate that, especially when you get the data more often. If you have such a separation between understanding sentiment in January, but we're not asking again until September, you have a lot more of a gap and understanding of what's happened in that time and what might have impacted that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So it's the frequency that's really going to help you stay ahead of, or at least be aware of the trends. Um, is there a best practice as far mm. as how frequent I know that, um, in studying some of these, uh, there's the fall off of a participation and that's always mm. been a thing, right? You're yeah. like, Oh, another 80 question employee thing. Everybody's like, please finish your engagement. Yeah. please." So how often are you doing it? How do you prevent that fall off? What's your, what's the What's the methodology or what have you seen as kind of the best, the best results? How have you gotten the best results? Yeah, it's, I mean, you're pointing exactly to the flaws of only asking once a year. If you ask once a year, you want to put everything in the kitchen sink in there. So yep, you can yep. get all oh, can I, can I add that? Can I add that question? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a challenge. Um, really the biggest driver of drops in participation is inaction. And so when employees don't see any sort of action, and I don't mean like big A action planning, I mean, you acknowledged my, my, my comment, you, you talked about it, about the results in our one-on-one or our team meeting. Um, in our last town hall, our senior executives talked about how this change, you know, one of the inputs to this change was our employee feedback. Um, those are, those are actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Frequency, it has to go to your rhythm of your business. 
Um, you know, I think that's much, much more important has to align to, to what matters to you. Um, and so I personally think, you know, a happy medium is, is quarterly. Um, but you know, twice a year is, is certainly super valuable, especially if you have other tools and mechanisms and ways that you're continuing that conversation, um, or you have, you know, other tools within your approach that, that complement it. Okay. All right. So quarterly, maybe, maybe you can get away with twice a year if there are other ways that you're uh, getting feedback and yeah. providing actions. The only other thing I'd add to that, and you're absolutely right. Those are the, the top takeaways I, I think about is we also have to think differently about what employee listening means. We kind of have used the term employee listening to be the new flavor of employee surveys. Okay. But, but it's I not, don't, I don't think surveys is equal to listening. Okay. Listening, and when you talk about active listening, right. And I take it from a coaching perspective, it means you are absorbing and hearing and you're actioning, right. That's what listening actually is. There has to be a response to it. And so a survey program, a survey approach to me does not equate listening. Hmm. Okay, so what you're doing, you would say, what you're working on, they're not surveys. Is that correct? Um, at my current organization, we we don't, while we might talk about like how do you deploy kind of mini surveys, it's really about how do we help our customers, you know, deploy a strategy where you're gathering information and listening, but uh -huh. equally able to take action on a more frequent basis. However, we're defining that for you. So it's not, you know, 80 questions or 20 questions at a pop, but it also depends on what you're trying to understand, what you're trying to achieve. Right, 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 right. Well, let's go into some of the content that um, you listen or that the the work that you're doing is, is listening for. Um, you talked a little bit about, um, we've talked about engagement. That's the classic. There's a few others that you're working on. Can you... Um, uh, delineate those for us and and talk a little bit about how maybe why they're why each of these is important and and how you sort of tease those out. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about one that uh, you and I were chatting about when we first met uh, about a month ago um, is the idea of burnout, right? And I think everyone who's who's listening in um, can relate to burnout. They've yes. either experienced yeah. it, they know somebody who's gone through it. Um, and it, and when you look at the research of employee engagement, burnout is actually part of that body of literature. Um, they're kind of, you can think of them as on the same spectrum. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, one of the most important, as you talked about before, the pandemic shining a light on, on some, some, some issues, some challenges in organizations, job burnout is one of those things. Yeah. And um, for a concept that we've known about for a really long time, and we've known a lot about, it's now getting legs because of the, the true impact that it's now having on people's health and the impact that it has um, in organizations. So burnout is a organizational phenomenon. It is not a personal thing. While I experience it, it is because I 
don't have the right support systems and resources around me to help me balance my job demands. All right. We need to pause there because I feel like that's the first big shift. Let's not just go right blow right past this. So it's not individual. Mm-hmm. It's or it's not an individual problem, which I think is how we've all conceived of it. Oh, uh, you know, this person is burnt out, right? We better do something for him or her. Mm-hmm. It's an organizational problem. Yes. So it's not something that's brought on by the individual. It's brought on by the organization. So I, as an individual, might not have the right coping skills. That's something that I can work on and do. But what am I trying to cope with? I'm trying to cope with some stress. And it's usually work-related stress, whether that's workload-related, process-related, all these other things around you. And so we have to look at what what is the system around this person and what can we do to ameliorate that? Mm. Um, and what can we maybe provide that person in terms of mental health and well-being, uh, physical well-being, you know, all the kind of aspects of well-being support that mm-hmm. is in their hands, right? To to do something about, but perhaps they need some support structure to do that. Yeah, great. So how do you find out that burnout? is creeping in that the organization is is turning up the fire let's say right yeah. moving in the wrong direction because we want to we want to catch it before people are you know slam their laptop closed and never come back right like that's we want that's that's the goal we want to help people yeah. you know we want to be able to prep the org and yeah. and change direction as you were you're talking about Yeah, absolutely. So again, let's think about that continuum. Employee engagement, right? Some fundamental um, hallmarks of when you're engaged as an employee is you have energy, you feel connected, you have a sense of fulfillment and like efficacy in what you're doing. Burnout then is sort of the opposite of that. You feel exhausted, you have low energy, you become disconnected and and more cynical. Um, And then you have this feeling of like, inefficacy, like nothing I do, nothing I do matters. Right. Mm. So if we think about the elements, energy, connectedness, and fulfillment, those are typically, um, those higher level concepts are tip when you break them apart are typically assessed in kind of a classic, you know, employee engagement type survey. Sure. So for example, when you're thinking about energy, well, do we have, um, you know, questions or are we asking about people's workload? How manageable is it? Um, whether or not people feel like they're able to find that balance in their day to day, whatever that, but whatever balance looks like for them, mm-hmm. do they feel supported on the fulfillment side? We, you, we typically ask things like, what is your level of decision-making in the work that you do? Um, do you have a sense of autonomy? Um, do you feel like the work you're doing is meaningful and how is that contributing to a bigger purpose? So we're already asking questions that are related to engagement and then sort of the, on the other end of it, burnout. Right. And so right. we can look Five at these as indicators of, you know, if those things are low, those might be early warning signs, potentially, especially if they're low over a period of time of potential burnout within a team. Right. So when you are working on your tool, is it 
is it really um, essentially uh, aggregating that data and pointing towards that trend? Is that how we're, you imagine prediction that this, this software platform will be able to um, start flashing the warning the warning, the burnout warning signs. They can't necessarily speak too much to like what, you know, our roadmap is. Um, but what I would say is that, you know, these questions around, you know, employee experience and burnout are are very top of mind for, you know, what we're working on overall um, at Workday. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly the questions that have really propelled me in my career, whether that, you know, was when I was, you know, at my last company, which um, was a digital coaching platform, you know, and bringing a solution that helps people, you know, work through and navigate burnout. Right. Um, but these are questions that we're asking of, you know, how do we take these psychological concepts that we know are so impactful to productivity, to performance, to development, and how can we bring tools and um, insights to our customers that start to be proactive, that can be those indicators and you can get ahead of, you know, potential disaster um, instead of, I think, what I have seen in, in this is certainly true in, in my past life. And I think it's where we are with technology in general is we're now able to go from a look back and retrospective of, I feel burned out, I am not well to, wow, if we're getting this insight more regularly and we can create predictive models, man, what could we do, right? To really help our, our people thrive, yeah. which in turn makes our organizations successful. So from that coaching mindset, a lot of folks who are, who listen to um, the this podcast are, either um, owners or run medium-sized, small, medium-sized businesses, um, or are uh, people managers or leaders of uh, teams, um, mm -hmm. medium-sized teams inside of large organizations. I think we've all had that experience of like, oh, um, things aren't going well. I don't need the data to show, right? Like I can, I get the vibe, um, which I think is fair, right? You can't just ignore that. The data is really important. So let's say someone is like has a sneaking suspicion or, you know, best case, sneaking suspicion. What advice would you give for understanding and, and taking action to improve the energy, you know, reconnect, create more fulfillment? I mean, like what it's, there's a lot to be done and I'm already overwhelmed. What, what, what advice, where do I start? I think it comes back to fundamentals of good management, right? So you talked about, you know, the, the many of the folks listening in, right? They're on the ground every day at the linchpin of executing strategy and making things happen in the organization. And you just need to be a good manager. So what are the fundamentals of that, right? The fundamentals of that are, you know, looking at what data do you have access to that can give you a sense of what's been happening and what's not. So that correlation um, with like the things that are, what is the cause or what might be causing this? Correct. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the Start that hypothesis, you know, generation with yourself. What might be causing this? What have we done that's been working well? Um, and then as you approach one-on-ones with your team, it's asking a lot of great open-ended questions, right? Allowing your allowing your people to, to give you more mm -hmm. of that color and context, right? Um, 
the other, the last thing I would say is, um, let's not make assumptions. I think that, I mean, where we started our conversation and you paused me you know, in the middle to say, let's really clarify what we mean by this, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's not make assumptions. Let's like take a pause. I think we can all benefit from a pause. We have a ton going on. Certainly our managers, I'm very empathetic. You know, this is the first time in a long time that I'm not managing a team. And I have some things that I miss about it, but I'm actually super grateful for the reprieve for a moment because it's a lot of hard work. Um, but I think we often are so go, go, go that we forget to pause and really take the time to ask ourselves, what could be the real root of the problem? Mm. Am I reacting to the symptoms or the surface level things? What other information might I need? Do I need to talk to my team? Do I need to ask my business partner for more data? Do I just need to take a walk and clear my head and practice some good well-being so I don't burn out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, there's two things that I'm, I'm hearing in this um, sort of um, rep here it's one is let's have a let give your time give yourself some time for context switching right mm. i think about in the business and on the business right and i feel like when as humans we're overwhelmed and overworked which we're all being asked to do more with less and i feel like we're at a breaking point it doesn't feel like there's time i'm you know it's almost like the instinct is i'm wasting time if i'm just kind of thinking right as opposed to like banging out some more email so to me, it sounds like there's a context switch, the need to give yourself a permission to kind of go, I'm going to zoom out, zoom out, right? And think about the bigger picture, give myself um, some break, give myself a break and to, mm -hmm. to, to connect with. And then that put the um, the mask over yourself before your, you know, your child, kind of the airplane, right? You need to take care of yourself, right? A colleague of mine says, um, self-care at a thousand percent. And that is so that you don't burn yourself out. And then once you are able to have that restore of energy, then you can lean in and say, hey, what's going on here? What's going on with you? Mm -hmm. I think you summed it up really nicely. And unfortunately, leaders are the last to do that. Totally. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. We all need the permission yeah. to do it. Oh, man. Mic drop. All right. We're going to leave it there. There's so many more questions that I think we can get into. Maybe we'll even do a part two one day. Um, uh, Dr. Liz Pavese, uh, Pavese, thank you so much. Uh, senior business psychologist at Workday. Thank you so much for coming on Great Mondays Radio. It was so wonderful to talk to you. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Hey, if you want to be a guest, head over to greatmondays.com slash radio. We'd love to hear from you. And if you think this episode was interesting and your friends and fans would enjoy it, please share on social media. And if you want to get more people to understand the power of company culture in business today, please rate and review Great Mondays Radio on your podcasts app or podcast feed. It really helps us reach more people. If you want to make sure to hear more candid conversations with culture leaders, subscribe to Great Mondays Radio. 
And I'd love to connect with you. Find me on LinkedIn at aka Josh Levine, on YouTube at Great Mondays, and you can always email me, josh at greatmondays.com. Find out more about our work with hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations, or grab a copy of our book at greatmondays.com. I'm Josh Levine. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio.